Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Hey, everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, uh, man, there's so much to talk about. And hey, come at me because I know you want those Jason and Sam lovers out there. Uh, I'm going to rebuke all of you in just a moment. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> going to get testy in this next uh, little bit of time. Wait, y'all. Why? 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 Why did Frank say he was going to rebuke y'all like we were in the the Church of God in Christ Church? That was hilarious. I'm rebuking you. (laughs) Welcome everybody to the GH Report. Of course, this is a show. It breaks down all the latest happenings in Port Charles. I'm Frank Moran. (laughs) And I'm Carla Renata, the co-host. Oh, the star of the show. (laughs) You you Um, come for the Carla, you unfortunately have to deal with me. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, of course, we'll have the chat up and running. So feel free to chime in your thoughts about anything in particular in General Hospital or just the show in general. Uh, you know, and uh, we'll get right into it. Yes. Let me start it yeah. off, honey. The thing that I have been waiting for for months, Sam finally admitted that she's still in love with Jason. Like, we didn't know that. We all knew that. But I kind of just needed to hear her say it. And more importantly, they played that music that I know you love to hate. And I was turning cartwheels in my bedroom. Yes, I was. Frank Moran. Happy go, Jackie. Yes, I was. (laughs) This. This is horrible. Uh, Yeah. Great. Great. We're going to do this. I, I, man, that means I got to listen to the song Don't be so exasperated. Come on. Have a a little bit more enthusiasm for Jason and Sam. No. No. Well, one, it started off with this this earthquake, uh, dealing with the aftershocks of this. I had enough of that episode where Sam was just like uh, pinned against the, the side of that trailer. I can't. Jason, if I move... It'll fall over. But wait, I just had to say one thing. Why we got the young and the restless behind us? I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> got little, little little shenanigans here in the studio. Shenanigans. Don't you worry. Anthony's don't you worry. coming for me. That's right. Oh man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're dealing with the after effects of this uh, this earthquake. Uh, in terms of the disasters or big events that have hit Port Charles, 
Where is this earthquake stacking up for you? Okay, so this is the interesting thing. The really interesting thing about all of that is that um, I think it was um, Wally Kurt's character, Ned. Yeah. Ned actually said on on the air, this is the first time Tr- Port Charles has had an earthquake since, and I think it had been like 30 years or something like that. He says, we don't get earthquakes in New York. That's for California and L.A. I was like... Thank you. Because when I said that last week, people came for me. They were like, they did. People came for me and they were like, well, there are earthquakes that happened in New York. I'm like, look, I lived in New York for 20 years. I never felt no earthquake. My niece is here from New York. Has there ever been an earthquake in New York since you've been alive? Just say yes or no. Yeah. Oh, there has? Yeah. Oh, see. Oh, somebody got it. And now my face is cracked. Excuse me while I pick it up. <laughs> The lovely voice you may have made or may not have heard is uh, of uh, Carla's niece Olivia visiting from uh, the Big Apple, and is now just for, uh, basically taking photos of everything that Carla does <laughs> for the next twenty four hours. Don't put my niece on blast. So anyway, no, <clears throat> no, it's great. Uh, so Insty Who, so yes, Jason Insty Who, Insty Who, I love it. So Jason and Sam, um, they got trapped after that earthquake, and she finally admitted that she loved him. I was ecstatic. Tick could not wait for that moment to happen. But now that it's happened, then there was that awkward moment where, you know, Sam goes to the hospital to check on Drew. And I'm like, oh, dang, is she going to tell him? And then she didn't. Well, I mean, I guess there was that convenient uh, circumstance where (laughs) Drew really needed to go talk to to Franco. So it just so happened to come with that. Good old uh, My Two Dads shows up to uh, to ruin everybody's day. You know they're going to come for you because you don't call him by his name. Oh, come on. Who would, I think my two dads better than just uh, calling him Jim. I'm calling him Jim, sure. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Uh, but, you know, uh, certainly, I guess if you're going to have Steve Burton back, you, you're going to have to reunite them. I, at some point, I just don't care. I find them not interesting as a couple. Keep love alive. That's what I say. Keep uh, love alive. Don't hate. Uh, don't hate. Congratulate. Keep love alive. James Law Jr. said that earthquakes are common in New York, but yes, a few have happened. Well, yes, now I know that. Great. Since you have told me, my niece has told me, and the chat room has told me. So now I'm going to shut up talking about the earthquakes in Port Charles, New York, and we're going <laughs> to continue talking about the show. I was saying is, everybody, when we all thought that Drew was really uh, Jason Morgan, <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, we got to get him together. We got to get him together. And then we got him together, and it was Snoozeville. Snoozeville! With, those with Sam and um, with Sam with and Jason slash Drew at the time. Then all of a sudden we get yeah. we get the real yeah we get the real Jason back now. 
don't think it's going to be any different. <clears throat> now we get that Jason was saying it's going to be oh, Snoozeville. No. no, it's not. It no, is. It's, no, it's not. It's it, no, no, no. I disagree with you. It is always fireworks with Jason and Sam. Always fireworks. They always got some adventure. They always working together to solve some kind of issue. I'm telling you, it's about to be off and cracking. Uh, every flashback they showed uh, when it first uh, <laughs> when Steve Burton came back as Jason, and we see like some flashback of like you know, uh, hey, oh, I'm gonna you know, we're gonna dance, or oh, we're getting a tree. It's like uh, I just thought, man, I don't want to see more of this stuff. I don't want to see their daily life together. Oh, oh, this is terrible. I am not excited in the least. Okay, well, whatever. Uh, I was happy and very excited. Oh, this is what Ned said. He said, "Not in." He said, um, "Earthquakes don't happen here in Port Charles. They happen in LA and Japan." That's what he said. So I just, I'm okay now. I'm not going to talk about earthquakes anymore. Well, let's um, just give one quick shout out. You get <laughs> you, and second time you mentioned Ned. How do you like having him as mayor? Imagine you could have had Alexis, but you, are are you liking Ned better as mayor? No, no, no. You rather would have had Alexis. Yeah, because with at least with Alexis, it would have been you know. It would have been shenanigans, consequences, and repercussions. You know what I mean? We're not going to get that with Ned. We may get it with Olivia as the first lady. We may get it with Olivia because Olivia is always hopping in, having something to say, spouting out some statistic, and trying to give um, Ned a little nudge or give him some info to kind of move any kind of little information along that he may be stumped on. So I think if we see any kind of fireworks out of him being mayor, it's going to come from Olivia. It's not going to come from him. Now, remember those days that Olivia would have like those dream slash premonition things? What happened to that? I don't know. It's uh, like for a minute it was like she was seeing bears and all kinds of stuff, and then it just went away. Like all of a sudden, she just didn't have premonitions anymore. Like she—that's the—it's funny that you bring that up because because I thought about that. It's not funny. But I thought about that. When Nathan died, I'm like, Olivia didn't have no premonition that Nathan was going to get shot. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. She was walking around for years to my, I'm having premonitions. Or does she only have premonitions when it comes to somebody she's related to? Maybe. What are uh, they saying in the chat room? Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Charlie in charge. You you didn't want Alexis as mayor? You like Ned as mayor? Oh. That's why. Yeah. And, and are, really- okay, wait. I bet Charlie in charge. Did you not want to see Hillary Clinton as president too? Because she was a woman, and you and you wanted to see Donald Trump as president. I'm just interested to know what Charlie said has anything as a woman. She, Alexis yeah. is a hypocrite. Ned is better. Uh, uh, no one died or anything. Why somebody got to die in the earthquake? Earthquakes happen all the time, and people don't die. Well, I know, but but yeah, but if you're gonna do it on a soap opera, you really want to juice up the drama. <laughs> and there's a few there's a few members of that cast you could have just culled. Okay, right? Charlie in charge. I was just interested. Thank you for answering that for me. Ned is a good mayor for the moment. That's what I'm saying, Kelly. Yeah, I'm down. With, I'm down with for that. the moment, but I would have. He's okay for the moment, but I would have preferred Alexis just because, like you said, it's a soap opera, and with a soap opera comes drama. And Alexis would have brought the drama in space with a big old capital D. I'm just saying. No, no I. No, <laughs> Why are I'm you good. just exasperated? No, no, it's uh, a little bit of Alexis goes a, a long way in terms of that that role. I would have been really exasperated with her as mayor. The, I can't. No, let's just have her. Uh, well, well, yeah. but although I play devil's advocate, I wouldn't have minded her being mayor because that probably would have given us less time for a Julian storyline. Which <laughs> any chance that we can have to not have her or Julian awkwardly meeting at some place, uh, I'm I'm fine with. Which <laughs> we'll get to that in a second for one of those weird awkward meetings where, of course, we've got we left last week there where we had. Uh, Oscar and uh, Jocelyn, they're trapped in the freezer. In the freezer, yes. Yes. 
Uh, and we get to them just to see them like basically pass out from hypothermia. Oscar almost dies. I know. I was. I was. You know, for a split sec. So Annie, I, I get that you 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 wanted to see something big come out of it, and and I understand that as a as a viewer, you you kind of want the the big big disaster to pay off in some kind of way as a viewer. I get that, but I thought they were going to. And when Oscar wasn't coming to right away, I thought they are not going to kill this little boy off. No, nah, it would have been a too dark. Second, and for a split second, I thought they were going to like kill him off. I was like, oh, no. I kind of like Oscar. Oscar's going to feel like it gives Drew something, uh, especially if Sam's going to be living in him uh, high and yeah. dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, something else to focus on. That would have been too much. <laughs> you get dumped by your wife and your son buys it. And, and week. your son dies from hypothermia. <laughs> oh, not, a, not a good week. Uh, <laughs> uh-uh, Charlie said, Alexis embarrasses all of us women the way she follows the man. Julian, I know, girl. I'm with you on that one. I'm like, if somebody, if some man tried to kill me, do you think I would be trying to get back with him or follow him all over town or pine for him or have some feel some kind of way when he looks at me? No. If you had a knife up to my throat, that's it's a wrap. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they crossed the line for me on that. I was like, you can't come back to that relationship. That is just too bizarre. And she admits that her addiction is Julian. But I'm like. That's true. Yeah. Oh, man, please. You know you're not doing yourself any favors. He's a trigger. Guy. He's a trigger for her. And the, the further away from him she stays, she stays the better. Uh, now, we're learning a little bit uh, about This Week in Port Charles. But we also got something. If you want to learn about life, love, relationships, everything you got to offer, we have got a podcast for you. Uh, Conversations with Maria Menounos podcast edition. Uh, it comes out every Friday, so check it out. Maria Menounos, the, the woman who founded AfterBuzz, but along with Kevin Undergaro, she's got her podcast that comes out every week for free that you can subscribe to on on iTunes. It's, she'll have celebrity and influencer interviews, talk about life, relationships, money, finances, you name it, she'll talk about it. So uh, it is all free to you. All you have to do is go to iTunes and subscribe. And when you do, tell Maria it was us who sent you. So Conversations with Maria Menounos, podcast edition. Check it out. That was a very smooth segue, Frank Moran. I have to give it to you on that don't, one. Don't have to. So we have uh, uh, tying up with our earthquake there before we hop over to another story. Okay. Line. So we see Oscar and Jocelyn. They they get brought in, and uh, once uh, Oscar finds or once uh, Alexis finds out that Julian was the one that, that brought in uh, her other daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Uh, TJ's like, oh, she got hit by a piece. Uh, Molly. Yeah, couldn't I couldn't free her, and then Julian came in and carried her to the hospital. I like that uh, Kim walks away after everything that's gone on with Oscar. Julian follows. They're in the the uh, the, the doctor's locker room there at the hospital. Yeah, uh, and then Alexis like just shows up randomly. But she there. always shows up. Rand- Do you ever notice that whenever he's with Kim or whenever he's with anyone? Alexis always kind of shows up randomly. She's like, <laughs> you remember how I was talking? I think it was either last week or week before last, how somebody will have a conversation on the soap opera and you'll see somebody else lurking around the corner and you don't know whether they're going to talk or not. Yeah. That's what Alexis does every week when it comes to Julian. It's annoying. Which I can only imagine. I wanted to see the other scenes where she's walking around the hospital. Did you see Julian? Have you seen Julian? Have you seen Julian? It's like, why does she decide like the, the locker room for a place that he does not work at would be the place to go looking for him first? But bless, who knows? So, and it's just always that awkward moment. Like, like you needed like that moment. You needed to find Julian right away. Like, you know they're oh, gonna get back together. Oh. They're having the awkward moment stuff, just like Jason and Sam had the awkward moment stuff. You know, eventually there's gonna be that moment where he's gonna be full on hot and heavy into Kim, and then something's gonna happen with Alexis, and that's gonna blow up, and it's gonna be a whole big thing. You know that's gonna happen. But do you want to see them back together? I feel no. like they, they've ruined it so much with that storyline, with the knife after the knife. Like, I feel like 
I, no, I, when he put the knife to her neck and was all of that, and then she remember there was a period of time where he wasn't there for real, yeah. and she was imagining that he was there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so now you imagining he's torturing you in real life when he's not? I can't. Yeah, they dug <laughs> such a deep hole for Julian during the course of that storyline that it's like I have no vested interest in seeing those two reconnect. I can't. It's and I creepy. like those two actors. They're very fine actors. I just don't. I could care less about that storyline. No, like, just whatever. yeah. Let's I just can't. let. Uh, are, are you liking that? Well, I guess like Kim calling a Julian Charlie all the time. You I like that. Little I think fun? it's kind of cute. I think it's I think it's a cute little thing. It's you know it's their little thing. You know how every couple has their little thing. That's just something that's just between them. So that her calling him Charlie is their thing. That's the thing between them. That's cute. It's cute. Yeah. All right. All I, right. I'm, I could get with that. <laughs> <laughs> so another storyline that they're talking about there was uh, was Mike. Uh, we... Oh yes. Let me tell you something. When he had that conversation with Liz, where he um, he confessed to Liz that that the the one thing that bothers him is the way that Sonny looks at him, you know, because he knows that he's losing his memory and that, and how scared he is. Somebody that is losing their memory, that is a heart. Oh Lord, I'm about to have a moment. Okay, hold on, let me get it together. Okay, someone that is losing their memory, the hardest thing for them to do is to admit that they're in trouble. And for them to admit that they're scared. And as the person that's taking care of them, that's a lot. So the fact he's already make take in, in terms of his character, he's already taken a huge major step by admitting that he's scared. Because now that he knows he's scared and now that he knows what the um the diagnosis is, then they can work together to work on that. But the thing that was really heartbreaking is that when he first started talking to Liz, he was like, how's that lucky? I was like, oh, wow, really? Yeah. That broke my heart. It, see, I'm all emotional. I can't take it. But it, just to see <sighs> even uh, like with Star- Sonny and especially Carly, the way you that you got to be compassionate and patient with uh, a person that's uh, in that situation mm-hmm. where the first time that they posed the idea of, well, one, letting uh, Mike know that Rita – is not waiting for him back in New York. Baby, Rita bounced like a rubber ball, didn't she? (laughs) Wow. I mean, we talked about this last week, too. I mean, it's honest. It it sucks, but it's honest. I mean, if she knows that she can't do this, she's got to leave. Yeah, but, yeah. But I'm like, can't you have a little bit more empathy? Like, dang. Like, could you, like, leave some money for the bills and stuff that you ran up before you bounced? Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, who going to pay the light bill? You done ran up all them lights there for two weeks. You going you, you gonna to leave a check? <laughs> you going to leave a check for the amount of electricity and, and coal and, and, and uh, gas that you done used up in the apartment while he was gone to Port Charles? I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but when he gets fired up about that, as well as the prospect of moving in with them, I... Uh, yeah, rather than just kind of like dismissing Mike, they take a beat. Mike kind of unfortunately just, you know, he still gets a little addle minded, loses track of that conversation, and they're able to approach it back again. And he's much more receptive to the opportunity of moving in. Yeah, I agree with somebody in the, um, I, I agree with Charlie and Charles, that Charlie and Charles, <laughs> Charlie in charge. Um, I agree with the way that they're writing the storyline for Mike because it is very realistic and it, and they're not rushing it. They're not they're not rushing the storyline and how his um his progression of losing his memory is happening. Like they're really taking their time to deal with it. Not and of course it's a soap opera, so there's only so much time they can take dealing with it. But I really like the fact that they're they're taking 
a really nice chunk of time to adequately deal with it respectfully, I guess is the word I'm looking for. And Maurice Bernard, I know they're <clears> talking <throat> about it on uh, social media. He came out and he posted about a script that he just read recently for General Hospital that was one of the best scripts that he'd ever read. Uh, and one that's going to be coming up usually, they're usually you know, a couple months ahead of when it airs. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. so there's going to be some powerhouse parts of the story that uh, Maurice Bernard is going to be able to sink his teeth into. It'll be exciting to see what that is. I'm hoping that because Liz is the only person that he's actually confessed that to, I'm hoping that she becomes more involved in that storyline for him. You know, that would be nice that he has somebody that he can confide in that's not related to him. It's not Carly. It's not Michael. It's not Sonny. It's somebody that that has nothing to do with the family directly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I would really like for them to have her be that person that he talks to. Because then again, this wore me out too. When um, I'm so emotional. Oh no, it's around me. Okay. So um, when he said to her, the the um really hard part is I'm I'm really gonna be sad when I look at you and I'm not gonna remember you. I was like. <sighs> Mike, you're wearing me out. Oh, Lord, child, I got to take my glasses off and wipe my eyes. <laughs> oh, okay. You can talk while I'm wiping my face. Oh, no, Don't no, be looking at me making it more awkward than it no, <laughs> Anthony's zooming in on this right now. I it's hate fine. you. I no. hate you so much right now. Okay, I got to use my thing. <laughs> it, uh, oh. it, it is a challenge for every relationship that he's got. And it would be nice to, I, you know, it was nice to have Robin in there just briefly mm-hmm. at the beginning of this Mike storyline. It would be nice if she was around a little bit more uh, to have some, because I didn't always enjoy the uh, Robin and Mike dynamic. Mm. So to have them have some more conversations. But if Liz is, uh, if she's not, if Robin's not available, Liz is a nice acceptable. Yeah, I think, I think she's a good choice. Uh, so we see that, that Mike, uh, he came across Franco. Trapped in the, in the, uh, the trailer before. Uh, Every, okay, let's wait. Let's just pause there. Let's just pause about how many people came across Franco being trapped and nobody seemed to get him out. Yeah. Like, really? How many people have to pass past Franco? It's like watching a homeless person on the ground. It is rough. <laughs> I was like, I can't. Yeah. I'm sorry. That made me laugh. That made me laugh. I was just like, y'all are killing me right now. Why is he under this thing, and nobody seems to be able to get him out. Like, that was pure comedy to me. They're like, oh, uh, we'll, I'll, it's I'll like, be back. okay, we'll be right back. And then none of them ever came back. That was the f- hilarious thing. Yeah. None of them ever came back. Well, I don't, like, Jason comes back after figuring it out from Mike, at least kind of piecing together from what he said. So he goes with Mike, uh, or he goes to the, the trailer while, uh, while Sam takes Mike to a, uh, a shelter. And uh, so J- it's just Jason and Franco right in there. Mm-hmm. And so you understand why it was necessary to have Sam come in. Because as you saw, if, if nobody else had come to that trailer, Jason would have just left him there. Oh, yeah. Jason would let him die. Jason was like, mm. Because Jason is still operating from five years ago. So he's like, yeah, you know what? You almost killed my my wife who's now not my wife. You almost killed my kid. Like, I can't with you. Bye-bye. See you. Bye, Felicia. He was done. Yeah, he, he was done. So and, I mean, I, I do like that they don't pull it back because he once everything Franco's free and everybody's back at the hospital. That Jason and Liz talk about that situation, and Jason's like, "Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm never going to be able to get past this." I feel like that he's going to snap as far as Franco is concerned. It's like it's just a matter of time. It's the writing's on the wall. You can see it about to go down because every time he sees him. He immediately mentally goes back to that time in in his life, and he can't let it go for whatever reason, which is interesting to me. I'm like, why can't you let everything else go and you can't let that go? And I think it's because it has to do with Sam. 
And I, Michael. And Michael. And I think it, I think that's his. I I think that that's probably his way of trying to hold on to Sam until she confesses she loves him. So now he ain't got to hold on to it no more. Oh, now he's gonna just let it go. Franco, you're the best, buddy. He's not Love gonna you. say he's the best, but he'll let it go. If Sam asks him, this is the thing. If Sam asked Jason to jump off the Port Charles Bridge, he would jump off the Port Charles Bridge. So if Sam asked him, excuse me, if she asked him not to um, do anything to Franco, he won't. But let something happen to Sam and Jason's relationship. Franco better watch his back. That's all I'm saying. Well, so what's interesting is that, of course, uh, my two dads leaves Franco trapped underneath that file cabinet, <laughs> takes off. He didn't my two dads. And... Uh, then comes at the hospital the next time you really see him that he's telling Sam and Drew like oh you know what you know Franco remembered that he, that he pushed you down the stairs at three and uh, you know I walked in on it and I should have said something but I didn't he's getting on my nerves he just throws him under the bus but no time does Franco say he, he he's not mad but like why did he just leave me he like that hasn't been mentioned yet and I'm waiting for but Franco everybody to left him well yeah but the people came back like Mike left him but he found help so, because he okay. was an old man, I'll give him he couldn't, that. I'll he couldn't give do him it by that. himself. Mike tried to, and he couldn't lift it up. He gave it, he gave it his best shot, but he's an old man. Uh, and then, uh, then we of course got Sam and Jason doing. But so far, Franco has not mentioned about Jim leaving him there under the file cabinet. Miss <laughs> Yaki said, "I'm putting too much faith in the writing." Miss Yaki, come on now. Yeah, uh, you know the writers work hard. I told you those writers work hard on those soaps. They write about a hundred pages a day. That's a lot of writing, and and this and a lot of times it's people that have not been there for the whole fifty years that General Hospital's been on the air. So that's a lot to keep up with those storylines and and be able to keep those characters consistent with their past and their present and possibly their future. Come on, Miss Jackie, you got to give them props for that. Well, I want to talk about what the crux of this whole storyline is about, uh, and that is Franco trying to figure out did he push uh, Drew down the stairs. Or did something happen and it was really Jim? My two kinda, dads pushing I'm down. I'm kind of over that. Are you over that? I'm over it. I'm like, how many times do we have to see that flashback? The same way you're over that yeah. song, that's how I'm over that. I'm just like, how many times do we have to show that little boy standing? I'm just, I can't. But I'm also trying to think, like, I feel like this is what Franco does. He he just focuses and obsesses about this one detail that if it's going to be leaked out, it could ruin his whole life. And I feel like this, this event, uh, when he's three years old, that... He may or may not have pushed a, ch- a kid down the stairs. I'm feeling like he didn't. But even if he did or did not, I don't know why he's making this such a big focus that uh, that he cannot tell Liz. Because it's been it's been proven in t- in Franco's case that whenever he's told somebody or or confessed something, it it did not um, turn out well for him. I don't know how when he was on the up and up. Like yeah, it, how- it turned out better for him when he just lied or didn't say anything. Oh come on! It's always blown up in his face when he hasn't said it. I mean, not not like it would with Liz because he genuinely, genuinely cares about her. Okay, look, which brings yeah, me to this: What about them flashbacks when she was in the church waiting for him to show? No, enough of that. <laughs> Trying to make me think that you're like some destined couple. I'm not buying into that. Uh, but okay, put yourself in Liz, put yourself in Liz's shoes, and uh, a man that you're about to get married to. He tells you that when he was three years old, that he may or may not he uh, he could have whether he did or not he put uh, he may have been responsible for a, a three-year-old kid falling down the stairs okay hey, given that, but, I, you, but you also know that franco's track record he's got a history of the brain tumor all this stuff would you be freaked out with that th- okay first of all saying i may or may not have been responsible is very different than saying i pushed somebody down the steps 
Even if he came out and said, like, I think when I was three years old, I pushed a kid down the stairs. I'm just saying, if somebody that I was dating, possibly getting engaged to, possibly getting married to, possibly starting a family with, if they came to me and said they had pushed somebody down the stairs, I'd be like, and deuces, got to go. I can't. At three years old? I don't care. Because this is the thing. When you are, you're, you're, who you are as a person is formed when you're young like that. So if you're two or three years old pushing people down the stairs, guess what's going to happen when you're a, you're an adult? You probably going to end up being a serial killer. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't think I want to marry a serial killer. I'm just saying. I'm really not trying to have that kind of life. Just saying. But I also feel like at three years old, you haven't formed. I mean, you are, your consciousness is still forming. You, know, you can't accurately remember that time period, whether it was done deliberately, no. whether it was done accidentally. Look, I remember when I was two years old. I don't know about you, but I remember when I ran away from home when I was two years old. And I remember it distinctly. I remember it. And you never went back. You were on your own since you were two? <laughs> I can't stand you. Yes, I went back. That's a whole other story to go into here. But <laughs> what I'm saying is that I remember stuff that happened to me when I was two, three, four years old. I remember, I actually remember that more vividly than I remember what I did last week, which is kind of funny. But this is the thing. Little kids form their personalities very early on. And when you form that kind of personality that early on that you are trying to incite violence with somebody else, that's never a good, that's not a good look. That's not a good omen for what kind of child and what kind of adult that person's going to be. I'm just saying. But I feel like that rules out there's any possibility of redemption. Like you cannot no. learn from your mistakes. As a child, you as a child you can learn from your mistakes, but if there is an innate char- character trait that causes you to to want to cause that causes you to want to do harm to another human being, that's pause for concern as an adult dealing with a child that young, I'm just saying. And it's been proven that whenever you, you know, I love watching those things like Snapped and those kind of shows. Whenever you watch those kind of shows, it's always been proven that somebody that does that, they had a problem early on when they were younger. What's somebody saying in the chat room? Are they coming for me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Daisy I'm not Flower a Forty killer. says, yeah. He was three, big deal. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, just, I'm not going to hold something against when you're three years old. Well, you asked, you asked me. I did ask you. You and did that's ask true. me. So. Carla would. Carla would show you the door. Lickety split. <laughs> I'd be like, deuces. Bye. That's right. All right. I, uh, I, uh, but I also feel like it's weird to have the conversation too where, uh, she knows that something's weighing on Franco. Mm. You know, uh, Scotty's already said that he's holding a big secret. And she's like, well, you know, you can just tell me. I know that you're, what you and Kevin talk about is private, but it feels like you're really weighing on you. You tell me, let me help you with this. And he's like, oh, can I just, I'd rather keep this to myself. Wouldn't that, I think that it creeps me out more knowing that as an adult, you're deliberately withholding something. I think Jim pushed the child down the steps. Well, yes. I think he did it. I think that he, did it to uh, torture the mom, the the other the original mom. I can't remember her name. Betsy. Betsy. I think he did it to torture her because maybe she he wanted to date her or high or um marry her or something, and she turned him down or or uh, said something about him that hurt his feelings. I don't know what the case was, but whatever it was that she did or said, it really pissed him off enough that he wanted to inflict harm on one of her kids. And now he's, and then he disappeared for a minute, and now he's back causing all this drama. Well, I feel like that is, I mean, you already kind of suspected it, but it was sealed, I thought, when he talked to Sam and Drew. And basically right. it's like, man, Franco did it, man. I don't know what's going on. Because he's trying too hard to convince everybody that Franco did it. Yeah. That's, one of, that's one of the big flags right there. That he's Whenever there's a character running around trying to convince somebody that somebody else did something, you, you know they're guilty. 
please get this done sooner <laughs> than later. Uh, another is talking about somebody else trying to, to mess with people's minds. We've got a little bit of Nell and Carly this week. Where they're trapped at the gallery. Nothing major happens to them other than she has some Braxton Hicks. They actually had a little moment, though. They had that little moment where she was having the kicks, right? Yeah. And Carly was trying to calm her down and tell her what to do to try to get through that moment. Which I thought, okay, they're having a little breakthrough. And just when that moment was about to get extended, Sonny comes and saves them. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I really kind of wanted to see how that was going to play out. I was like, alas, it will not play out this week. And I don't know, like, they were making, it was weird, like, they were making such a big deal about Michael's situation, but yet it just turned out to be absolutely nothing. Like First they, of all, <laughs> I'm going to need Michael to sit his butt down when they tell you you have a concussion, and he's like, no, I got to go find Nell and the baby. First of all, you don't care about Nell, you care about the baby, and you really going to risk a concussion to go, really? I don't think so. It's, uh, You're doing it's, too much. It's the same thing, like, with, with Sam, uh, leaving Mike with Elizabeth, and saying, <laughs> I've got to find Jason, like... I think uh, maybe of everybody in Port Charles, that is a one man that you can leave by himself and know that he's going to get through just fine. There's nothing you can do, Sam, <laughs> except fall down or trip or do something. Oh, yeah, yeah. That but is pure comedy. I, can't. I guess she needed to because she talked him off the ledge about Frank. See, look, okay. Um, one, one love, RSR said, my mother remembers she hit a girl in the face with a plastic shovel in the sandbox when she was five. Oh, my God. I'm a child of a serial killer. I'm not saying your mama's a serial killer. She not, but there's but, some people out there that do that. That are I'm just saying. Oh. But your mama would not be one of them. So, oh, that, that, yeah. How do your mama? <laughs> and how do done, you Carla. too? Nicely done. Uh, <laughs> that's you know. I will say the one thing I'm getting tired of with Maxie's story is uh, just the the way that they structure these scenes where Peter will show up. Uh, he and Maxie talk. Somebody else comes in, or she will mention like. Oh yeah, you know Faison's son. Oh, he really need, he's garbage. He needs to get what's coming to him. And then he always kept the Peter's face. I know. Like, I'm, I'm about sick of seeing that too. <laughs> I'm just like I'm. I need for him to confess at some point that that's who he is. I need for that to play out. But somebody, Charlie in charge, and um, and Rena Sheen said that baby switching is impending with Maxie and Nell's baby. I totally see that coming too. Yeah, I'm gonna give you because that's gonna be a- horrible if that happens. Horrible. But I also figure, like, what's, yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like there's going to be a bigger hook than just they, they swap the babies. I mean, there's going to be some kind of major drama behind the babies getting swapped. Like, it's not going to be a regular swapping of the kids. It's going to be some major drama behind it. You know, what I could see is, well, I don't know how you'd make it work, but if Nell lost the baby uh, during during childbirth, at the same time that Maxie was having her uh, childbirth as well. Mm-hmm. And then swap it that way. Because she feels like if you lose the baby, you definitely lose Michael. You know what? That's actually very funny. Because remember I said she looks like Rebecca de Mornay. And Rebecca de Mornay was in that film, The Hand That Rocked the Cradle. And that was the same situation. Yeah. I mean, that lady continued (laughs) to to play out the hand that (laughs) rocked. So she could get that family. They're going to play out the hand that rocked the cradle on GH. Ooh, that would be actually kind of fabulous. You know, the thing that I remember most about that movie is uh, Matt McCoy's beard. That thing went like almost all the way down past his Adam's apple. That was a a, a delicious neck beard, guys. There you go. Things that that stick with you. That's gross. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I like Uh, that. uh, Then we have uh, uh, Rena in the chest. If Maxie's child has the disease, then they will know. That's true. That's true because they're they're trying to figure out if the child has the disease now while she's pregnant, right? Yeah, you know, again, uh, and as I said last week, I'm heartless and I'm dead inside. (laughs) Uh, with Max's grieving process, but she keeps hitting the same beat. Like, I don't know what to do. How can I do this by myself? She said that both with Nina. Uh, she's talking with Peter about that same thing. 
I, I understand, but let's just move on, please. You know what? I rarely say this to you, Frank, but I kind of agree with you on that one. I'm like, okay, I'm tired of her saying that. Let's just, you know, let's fix the problem and keep it moving. Yeah, it's just get, I don't know why she's like wrestling so hard with this test. Find out the information so you can just live. I mean, this is your child's life that like, you've got to worry about. Live your life and keep it moving. I can't. So I, I, the fact that she's just humming and hawing, just so we can get more shots of Peter August, everybody like trash talking uh, Heinrich. We get to seem like. Mm. <laughs> what I love <laughs> is that when every, whenever somebody's trash talking him and he's there, he gets the weirdest look on yep. his. The thing that makes it funny is that he gets this really strange look <laughs> on his face. Like if he was stoic when they did it, it would be okay. <laughs> But he gets this look on his face like he's smelling stinky cheese or something. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Like, I'm going to need you to fix your face. I, I, I always cut to his face, too. After somebody <laughs> trash talks Heinrich, then it just cuts to his face. It's like, like mm. Heinrich. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kelly from BEI says, Maxie is scared, Frank. Oh, man. I get that. Okay, look, Kelly. I get that, that Maxie is scared. I really do. But... And I know that I said the grieving process takes a while and everything, but I find it really interesting that Peter is the only person that she's talking to about her grieving process. She's not talking to her mom. She's not talking to her dad. She's not talking to Nina. She's not talking to anybody else that has anything to do with Nathan except for this Peter August person, which part of me gets because he's not relate. He's not a relative, so to speak. So I get that. Sometimes you just want to talk to somebody that's not in your family because they have a perspective that somebody that's related to you won't. But at the same time, I'm like, you can find a little too much in him. You need to clamp them jaws shut. I'm just saying. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> just shut it down. Just, Maxie, please, get the test. Just get the test so you can just <laughs> move on. I mean, I know it's you know, it could be good news. It could be bad news. But you at least need to know the news to figure out what your next step's going right. to be. Right. And then um, uh, Daisy Flower says, well, Peter was there when Nathan. Child, I know Peter was there when Nathan died. But still, that don't make him somebody that you want to confide in all your business. I'm just saying. Like, I, I, that's just me. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so we do on the nice side. We get to see something we never really get to see during their time together officially on the show. Uh, was uh, Andre and Anna doing a little adventure as they're trying to figure out more about uh, Anna's supposedly missing daughter? I think they're trying to push them together and make them a couple. What do you think about that? I I was I was down for it the first time Andre was on the show, so I'd be welcome if they they try to do it this time. I want her to be with Finn though, but Finn uh, is all up in Alexis's Kool Aid, so there's that. I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're just like they're friends with benefits, and uh, whether they do it again, they've already they've already vowed it can't happen again. But they could they could lapse into a friends with benefits situation. Give me, I, I'll take Andre and Anna over Finn and Anna. I will. I like Finn and Anna. I don't know how I feel about Andre and Anna. I like the the um the actor that plays Andre though. Good old Anthony Montgomery. Yeah, I like him a lot. I just hate that for a minute they had him looking like 12 years a slave. I'm just like, mm. That was a dark day for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but we do find out, which we all knew, of course, that it wasn't a daughter that she gave birth to. It, it was, was a son. son. And, of course, we have a scene with uh, Peter slash Heinrich saying his birth date. Cut to, we uh, we get the, the birth date announced over there in Anna and Andre scene, and it all lines up. So yeah, I need for them not to be showing flashcards with every storyline. Like, I, I would love to watch it sometimes and just be surprised at how it turns out. Because so far this year in 2018, we've been able to call everything. But we can't call what Nell's plan is because I'm sure it's going to be disappointing. <laughs> 
it's like, <laughs> but it's going to, oh, yikes. Oh, don't get me started on now. We don't have enough time. Oh, man. Uh, but it seems like people, let's see, uh, I think they're keeping Andre to say Finn's name. So Anna and Griffin. Bo- oh. Yeah. What happened to the rumors Griffin was Anna and Dusa? You know what? That's interesting because for a minute they did say they were alluding to the fact that Griffin was Anna and Duke's son. Because he kind of sort of looked like Duke, the guy that played Duke for a minute. Yeah, but I think Anna would know if she had a son. She would she, know that. Please. She she didn't know if she had a son or a daughter. So yeah, she, she would know if she had Duke's son. For sure she would know. She didn't know she had. She didn't even know she had a baby. Did she even know she had a baby? She knew she had a baby. She just pushed it away. <laughs> she kept that deep dark secret that only her and the Valentine knew about. I don't know. I like that they're trying to give Anna a little bit of storyline, but I need it to be a little bit stronger. Uh, she, one love, one love is like I told y'all. Nella's making it seem like Morgan is alive. It's still a dumb plan. It's a dumb plan. No, oh, it's man. still a dumb plan. I'm like we anybody would. Let's let's just do this. Let's just give Carly the benefit of the doubt that Carly knows that Morgan is not alive. But actually, that would be kind of fantabulous if he showed up. But wasn't he wasn't he definitively found dead? Because you know, so people come back from the dead all Morgan? the time. Yeah. No, they never found the body. I mean, they never found the body. Oh, then no, he could they come just back. found like some bits and pieces of things. But uh, <laughs> you know, but no, nobody was found. So I mean, oh, that's a, well, then he could come back. He's gonna come maybe back. he was another one that was in that little phase-on dungeon that they were holding people hostage in. Or he's got amnesia, or he's got some other soap trope that. Uh, or maybe he'll come back with a different name and just look like Morgan Child. Who knows? He uh, yeah. He just wanted like I wanted to use this time to kind of figure out who I was. <laughs> and now that I have, I'm back. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Uh, it'd be nice to. Well, I, we'll see. I, I'm sure it's probably another couple, another year or so before we see a Morgan come back on the show. No, I don't, think it'll ta- I don't think it'll take that long. They're not going to drag it out that long. Do you really think? Well, I mean, you know, look how long it was for uh, you know Steve Burton to come back, and that wasn't even sure that. I mean, we didn't even think that was a possibility when uh, I know when, when Drew version came in. We did. We were talking like he was never coming back. Yeah, his contract negotiations at that other soap opera must have fell through. That's why he came at the GH. Yeah, you never know. Same thing like for Tyler Christopher. If his uh, things kind of took a turn for the worst, and that's not saying that we want that to happen over days, and he left the show for whatever reason. Oh my God! And he came back as Nicholas. There you go. I would be living my life. <laughs> <laughs> I would be living my entire life if that happened. Uh, yeah, I see if I could uh, rest a- Ava away from the arms of Griffin. Ava's getting on my nerves. I love, I love the actress that plays her, but ooh, her character is good. She's so needy. She's so needy, and and she's another one always lurking around a corner, <laughs> seeing something or hearing something. I can't. Yes, uh, but I mean, I could be understandable if you had major facial reconstruction, and all of a sudden you've got another cut on your head. I guess I could see why you'd be panicked. You think everything's going to unravel on your face? And it's all of a sudden, you know, your face just unsnaps, and then bam, there it is, all back to the old way. Oh my god, no! I just, first of all, you shouldn't be messing with your face like that anyway. She is, yeah, Rena. She is acting like a, she. I said that before that she's acting like a bratty teenager. I'm like, you are a grown woman with children. Act like it. Yeah, well, that's I never uh, a strong suit. <laughs> it's never been. Uh, so, but at least from the flat, uh, for the sneak peeks for this week's episode, we get to see her like, maybe we can make this last longer, uh, with uh, good old Avery staying, uh, with Ava. Like, oh, please, no, no more custody storylines. <laughs> with you, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I will end this with a perfect quote, uh, for this episode from Kelly PEI Frank, you're horrible. <clears throat> uh, I couldn't have said it better myself, Kelly. 
<laughs> I am a garbage person. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. You know, uh, but as always, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat and sharing your thoughts. But if you want to continue the conversation with us after the show's over, if you want to come for us, <laughs> Carla, where can they find you? You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's a waste of your time. <laughs> but go ahead and do it. Uh, at Happy Go Jackie. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the Port, uh, GH Report. We'll be back next Sunday night. Yes, we will. We will be. Yes. Regardless if you come for us or not. <laughs> we're going to be coming to you yes, right back here next Sunday night yes, on AfterBuzz TV. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 